Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noel Cordell. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to tell you the top five things uh, that you should look for in a life coach, or if you're a life coach, these five traits you should possess. Noel, how are you? I'm doing great, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Should is, you think five is okay, or should we do more than five? I just think five. It's like a it's just a now uh, a good round number. It's it's a great number. I think we should do five, but I also think we should tell people who we are and what we do and why we're qualified <laughs> to tell them the five things to look for. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and I think you're better than that than me. So why don't you start and I'll follow your lead. Sure. I'm Noelle Cordo. I am head of the Catalyst Coaching Intensive that my co-pilot John Kim and I developed over the years. I am CEO of our organization called Shift, and we train coaches. Uh, we built a marketplace for life coaching, and uh, we are coaches ourselves. And John started this whole thing in his underwear and likes donuts. <laughs> underwear and donuts. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and uh, went through that route, uh, realized that it was, it, it was broken, and I just thought there's better ways that we could help people help people. So uh, I started uh, just uh, out of the kitchen in my underwear, like Noelle was saying, um, and created a course uh, and brought Noelle on board. And ever since, we've just been growing it and making it better and better. And now we have a podcast to go with the course. Um, and we keep uh, wanting to create a dialogue for coaches, but also if you're looking for coaches um, or if you just want a better life. Yeah. You know what the re a really cool thing that's been happening is I've had some of our podcast listeners book calls with me just to talk mm. about coaching and the course and life. And guys, if you're listening and you want to connect with me, I really love this field. I love people who want to become coaches and I'm happy to talk about it. So please find me through the website and, and let's get together to talk about what you want to do. But this is a great place to start. Yeah. So five things to look for in a life coach. So if you're looking um, for a life coach, and I, you know, right now there's so many life coaches and it keeps growing, uh, what, what in your, I guess we'll just, just start naming them off. What are some things that you would look for, Noelle, if you're looking for a life coach? Well, I, I've, had, um, I've had several really amazing coaches in my life. And I think the first thing that I personally looked for in a coach was um, – a level of expertise mm. in whatever it was that I was going through. Somebody who had kind of been through the fire themselves and could adequately coach me. Right. Um, I want to mention, guys, you're going to notice this. So Noelle has her list. I have my list. Uh, and they're, I don't know Noelle's list, but they're probably different, and that's okay. I think that that's the point is that whenever we're looking for life coaches uh, – it's not going to be the same for everyone, you know, and so what's important to you is going to be different and it also depends on where you're at in your life and, and what exactly you're going through. So for, for Noelle, the, the number one thing is expertise, right? Um, yeah. For me, and that's totally fair, I think it's legit. For me, the number one thing would be um, authenticity. For me, it's, um, and you know, I'm all about the whole transparency thing. I, I really believe that if, if, if a coach isn't authentic, it's hard for me to trust the person. I completely agree with you. I mean, authenticity, empathy, 
I mean, that's what we call coaching presence, right? Like that, that is an actual thing that you have to have. If you're going to be a good coach, it's coaching presence. And that means that you show up as yourself with no bullshit and that builds trust. Yes. And if you're not authentic, uh, and you, or you try to present yourself in a way that you're not, or, you know, one of the things that kind of turns me off about, um, wellness today is that it's become so commercialized there's a lot of people um i don't know how to explain this they're you know i think their intentions are good but they're not authentic because they're they're trying to be inspirational for the sake of being inspirational or or for likes or for followers or for whatever um and it doesn't come off as um true it comes off as uh someone that's trying to uh you know get membership, get buy-in, you know, sell you something, all that stuff. Yeah. It comes off as the commodity, right? Right. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, and I, I think this kind of cuts across all relationships. I, I was, I was working with a client today and she said something really profound. She said that, you know, I finally realized that not everyone has to like me and I don't have to like everyone. I'm just really looking for the quality relationships that make my life better. That's a huge uh, revelation to have. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and, and I think that's so true. And I mean, and so look, like when you're working with a coach, it, it's, it's a partnership. It's a partnership of two people who come together to work on your life. And if you don't feel like that person is authentic and you trust them and you like them, and you believe them when they tell you shit, it's like, why would you want somebody who doesn't know how to do that working on your life? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like you could have, you know, the person that cuts your hair, it doesn't matter if they're authentic or not. I mean, you'll have a better experience, but, you know, as long as they're talented at cutting your hair or even like your personal trainer, you know, they have programs, you have to do these exercises or your nutritionist and all that. But with life coaching, it's different because it's, it's such a, it's based on the dynamic of the relationship. And I think it's so, it's a lot more intimate. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really sensitive. So even the person who cuts my hair, my personal trainer, like I need to like like them and feel safe with them or right. I'm not going to be able <laughs> to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so especially with life coaching. Yeah. Uh, what's your number two? Um, I, you know, <laughs> coaching presence, as I described earlier. But for me, that has to be really specific. So mm. for me... Um, you know me, I, I'm no shrinking pansy. I'm kind of a pain in the ass. I, I want what I want and I know what I want. And wait, wait, what, what, uh, what is exactly is a shrinking pansy? A shrinking pansy? I've never heard that term. You've never heard? A no. shrinking pansy is somebody who um, backs down. Oh, somebody I see. Right. Who like just someone without says, balls. Yeah, somebody who says, oh, no problem, and we'll let people walk all over them. Oh, right, right, beta. So, yeah, so that's not me. And so I need a coach that is is physically, mentally, and verbally capable mm. of holding me accountable yeah. in a way that, like, kind of strikes the fear of God into me a little bit. Yeah, so you need someone that is not going to be, not going to be intimidated by you, afraid of you. Um, or you let know. me steamroll them, right. get away with shit. Yeah. You know what? That's such a great point. I think a lot of coaches, um, they, they bend over backwards or they compromise or they'll swallow their opinions because they want to be liked or they want, you know, or because there's money exchange. They feel like this is what a good coach does. Um, but a coach can disagree with you. A coach can, you know, 
uh, give you a, a bitch slap. You know, I'm not physically, but you know what I'm saying? Or totally. give you a cold shower or, get, you know, or tell you something that's going to hurt you maybe or you know, whatever. Or call you on your shit, call you know, you like, shit, yeah. and like, like, cause you know, you, you, when you're working with a coach, you're moving forward in life. And if I didn't do the shit that I said I was going to do, well, what got in the way and let's talk about it. And that's an uncomfortable conversation to have with someone. Yeah. <laughs> so Noelle's number two is a non-shrinking pansy. Yes. <laughs> My number two is uh, the coach has to have a voice. And what I mean by that isn't that they're loud, but they, um, you know, there's something about them that is unique. So like, uh, I, I think life coaching is an art. And I think that's what separates life coaching from uh, therapist uh, or therapy, which is more clinical. And so with life coaching, because it's so broad and because you could, you know, the canvas is, is just whatever you want to create on that canvas. Um, and because there is no board, I think that there's so much room for people to be super creative with life coaching and how they coach and how they present themselves, how they want to go in. Um, so because of that, I think that you need to have a strong voice or you'll just disappear into the background. Yeah. I, and I think that your coach having a voice um, really shows kind of like the quality of their craftsmanship as a coach almost, you know, yeah, and I sure. think, I think you and I do a really good job of modeling that, you know, in our tribe with our students and on this podcast, like the me that you get on the podcast is definitely going to be the me that shows up as a coach. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that would probably be unsettling for people if they heard me, got to know me, learned all about me, and then they met me as a coach and I was a totally different human. Well, they wouldn't trust you. That would break their trust. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird. It would be weird. But, you know, I, I think I think young coaches um, struggle with this the most. I've heard so many people who are in their 20s say, but why would anyone want to listen to me? Why would anyone, you know, I don't have that much life experience compared to the people I may be coaching. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. As, as long as you have a voice and a coaching presence and you're capable of intuitively listening to the person in front of you and asking them questions in order to guide them to their own conclusions, you can coach anybody. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, what would What would be another, what would be your number three? Or do you have another one? Um, you know... And I, it could also be the same as mine. It doesn't matter. You know, it's whatever you, whatever. Well, you know, it's like, I, I, like, I, have you ever heard the the term like where you hold space down for someone? No, I mean, I've heard of, I don't, I've heard of hold space, but not hold space down. Well, I guess like same thing, like okay. holding space for someone. Right, and right. to me, that means like providing me with a space to sort my shit out and mm. to be vulnerable right. and to be vulnerable with me and let me like, it, let me kind of fall apart and put it back together again. And, you know, give me that space to do it because there's not a lot of time in everyday life where you actually sit down and strategically think about what you're going to do next. And that's fucking valuable. And to yeah. have somebody who can do that with you with skill is amazing. So the ability to hold space. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. And let me ask you this. So, uh, under you know, to hold space, what does that look like? Um, to be non, to be non-judgmental, to not label. To be non-judgmental, to not safety. label. 
yeah, to, to create a, a safe environment where I can be vulnerable and honest with myself right. in that, in that environment and admit things that I maybe wouldn't admit out loud or to people who are close to me. Um, and to just give me a different context. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, soil for any kind of coaching. Yeah. Um, my number three is kind of simple. It's confidence. Um, and, and listen, if you're a new life coach listening to this, I don't want you to think that you have to be confident to start. Um, no one is confident in the beginning. Um, and what I mean by confident is just it, it's more about um, knowing your worth um, as well as your shortcomings. Uh, confidence is about being honest with yourself, practicing your truth, standing on what you believe in. Uh, confidence is about taking ownership of the things that you don't know, right? So a lot of life coaches – Especially when they're new, they're, they feel like they have to know everything. And if they don't have the answers, that, that they're not a good life coach. And that is not true. That doesn't mean that you're not confident. Uh, you, you could be just as confident. Just own up to it and say, this is something I don't know, but I will research or help you with or whatever, you know. Um, pulling from heart instead of ego. Confidence, um, like, like uh, Noel said, vulnerability is huge. Confidence is communication. Um, confidence is knowing if you can or cannot help a client and referring them out. So listen, if, if, a, if a client falls on your lap and you're like, I don't think that I, I really can help this person or I know someone who could help them better, confidence is, is, being, is, is referring them out instead of trying to uh, help them anyway because of your ego, you know? Yeah, and I just going along with that, you know, if we're talking about knowing yourself as a coach and being confident um, in your own worth – that means that you are the most important person and that you have to set appropriate boundaries and listen to your body mm. and that you shouldn't proceed with a coaching relationship if it feels bad. Just like you shouldn't proceed with any other kind of relationship in your life if it feels bad, yeah, you know? Yeah, like it's it's being able to draw the line. Boundaries is huge. Um, I think it takes confidence to, to draw boundaries. I think a lot of people – uh, smear their boundaries, um, you know, because they're seeking whatever new clients or, 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 or you know, there's this approval, validation, and uh, people can smell it. And you don't, you don't seem as confident, you don't seem as safe, you're not someone that people can lean on. Yeah, and I think too, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're all kind of programmed to be polite in society. You know, we grew up with rules and standards, and when somebody consistently tramples all over your boundaries and they've paid you money, it's really hard to push back and be like, no, dude, like that wasn't cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. we, you know, like this behavior isn't going to fly. Um, and then to end that coaching relationship, especially if there's money on the table. Yeah, and that's going to happen. I'm sure it's happened to you, Noel. It's happened to yeah. me. Um, you know, once someone pays you, there's a sense of, entitlement like you know now that i bought a session you know give me your phone number or or whatever it is like the you know you, you have to set the the rules the boundaries and um, hold on to them really with two hands you know to be confident and to, to run your practice in a healthy way absolutely and figure out what works for you as far as how you want to work you know yeah, and, like, and not th not that it's wrong to give someone your phone number. I mean, especially with texting and messaging now, uh, a lot of people do that. But whatever is, is is comfortable for you. Yeah, I mean, my deal is I work by phone, so obviously I give my clients my phone number. But I only respond to emails, 
and I'll respond within 24 hours, Monday through Thursday. If somebody's texting me, blowing up my phone, or even worse, Facebook messaging me, like that is such a violation. Like that's like my life, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like I do I do not want to be hearing from clients at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. You right, know, it's right. like. And if you don't draw that line, they will do it. <laughs> they totally will do it. Yeah. They will do it nonstop. Absolutely. Um, my number four is passion. Uh, I think that, um, and you know what? We all burn out. Um, we all hit plateau. We all go up and down. And it doesn't matter how much we love our craft. That's going to happen. Uh, but there's not. There's no bigger turnoff than a, a passionless life coach because um, you don't have to have a perfect life, but if you're not passionate, at least about you know helping someone or uh, you know uh, creating some kind of space for someone else or challenging them, it's it's very hard for them to want to pay you for it because you know they're they want hope, they want you know someone to um, give them something that is going to be contagious, you know, like passion. Absolutely, and. Somebody said it to me a really long time ago, and I now repeat it to all of our students, is that as a coach, you have to fall in love with every single person that you work with, or at least I do. I fall in love with every single person that I work with because I have to believe that that person is not only fucking beautiful, but is capable of transformation beyond their wildest dreams. Yeah. And listen to the passion behind Noel's words. I mean, I love that. And I think, um, coming from that mindset and, and, you know, the, the approach that she takes, there's so much love there. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I let myself go. Like I, I, I'm, I let myself get emotionally invested in every single client that I work with because sometimes I need to believe harder than they do right. that they can get back up again. And right. that's what a coach is, is the coach is the person who's going to tell you to get back up again. Now, that being said, it, it, you can't have such a bond with your client where, where it affects your own life. No. You know? So like if they don't do well, it suddenly cripples your life too. No, I was actually talking about that with one of our students today. Um, somebody booked a call with me. And what I suggested was setting up a ritual where you kind of, and I learned this from, um, from one of my professors in grad school, he lights a candle before every session, um, to kind of signal that he's going into this space of working with a client and he's no longer himself. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the session, he blows the candle out and he emerges from that mental space and he becomes himself again. There has to be, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, mental and emotional boundaries to it or else you'll just end up carrying everybody's problems around with you. I like the ritual of that, you know, so yeah. you actually get into it. Yeah, so you get into it and you get out of it. And I, I don't light a candle, but when I go into a session with a client, like the best way I can describe it is I go into almost a meditative state and I become like a conduit for for their life and it's like going into a painting where I'm no longer me I'm just I am a mirror and a guide and then when I'm done the call it's kind of like ooh shake it off and like there's my dog and okay kitchen like cool <laughs> yeah that's um that's really interesting because I've I've had some very spiritual moments when I was working in nonprofit running three four groups in a day um, just in the middle of the night with like 13 to 16 kids. And um, I did the exact same thing where it's like I, I kind of imagined myself as a conduit. I went into it and 
you almost hit like a flow state where yeah. it just the experience kind of becomes bigger than you and you you even you don't even know what you're saying but you're saying the right things the perfect things and when you're done you know people are having revelations and they're going through these character arcs and stuff and then you're like wow how did that happen and and, and some of my best sessions were when I was in that state yeah. I mean, the hardest lesson to learn as a, as a coach, especially a young coach is that it's not about you mm. at all. Right. I mean, like you have to, and it's so confusing because you have to market yourself and tell your story and really build yourself up as this great, confident, you know, person that people want to come to. But when you're actually in session, you're just a vessel. Yeah. What a great way uh, to think about it. What a great reminder. Uh, and, and also, guys, if you're looking for a coach and they don't have that element, um, you know, it, it may not be, it may be something that you want. Yeah. I mean, if you're clearly on the phone with somebody or on Skype with somebody and they're checking their email, like, or responding yeah, yeah, to text yeah. messages, like, you might, yeah, you might want to put your dollars elsewhere. <laughs> like, for sure. And if you're a coach and you're listening to this, um, you know, maybe try a, a ritual too, like um, like Noel was saying, whether it's a, a moment with yourself or the candle or doing something where you are kind of checking in and checking out, you know, so you are um, putting whatever your problems, your ego, whatever it is kind of at the door as you enter the session. Noel, I'm going to find an old phone booth and before every session, I'm going to go into it, change into my little superhero outfit and then go into my session Okay. with, with uh the cape. I like this. I like this idea. We can, how about a cardboard phone booth? We can get you one of those. <laughs> right. You can just carry, take it out of your car. We can. <laughs> a big J on my chest. I like it. Yeah. 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 All Written right. in mustard. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So the la my last one is actually my favorite and um, it's magic and magic is very, this one's difficult to define, you know, it's the X factor, it's the special sauce, the unexplainable. Um, if, you know, if your best friend has had a session with the coach and it changed their life, it doesn't necessarily mean that that coach is going to be just as impactful with you. And I think a lot of that has to do with the dynamic of, the, of individual relationships and I think a lot of that has to do with the magic that they have. Um, so I think in every coach, uh, you know, they're, they're very unique, and I think it's, it's about the magic between you and the coach uh, and the dynamic that you guys have. Yeah, and I, I, I love that. I love the magical factor, and it's so true. I mean, it's like you know – so coaching reminds me of dating so much, and, and I think everything we've said here can absolutely translate oh, into – That's true. I didn't think about that. It's so true. I mean, it's like you know when you have a fucking connection with someone. Like, it's it's apparent. It's in the room. You can't make it up. You can't explain it. It's there. And, and, and each and every single one of these tenants goes into a coaching relationship because it's the same thing as a romantic relationship. It's a partnership. It's two people coming together to make something better. Right. And thank you for reminding me. I'm just going to change this cut title, cut and paste this, and use it in the, our other podcast. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the five things to look for in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and I want to remind you guys that magic isn't always uh, rainbows and unicorns, but magic can also come in the form of resistance because I think that, uh, you know, resistance, you know, assuming you're coach and you process it and explore it is where amazing growth can be produced. So just because something doesn't feel good, doesn't mean that, that that's not magic. 
Yes. I mean, you, uh, your coach's job is to challenge you and hold you accountable. And if you're feeling uncomfortable, you know, ask yourself if, if it's because it's a growth point that you need to explore. Mm-hmm. Do you have any others, Noelle? Or should we end on magic? It seems like you agree with the magic part. I do agree with the magic part. I, I really do. Um, you know, I, I can still sit back and recount moments that I've had when I've been a client in session where I've just kind of gone, holy fuck. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right. My mind has been blown and yeah. all of a sudden I feel like I can really do it, you know? Um, so it's uh, chase the magic, kids. Absolutely. Uh, those are the moments when you really feel like um, this is, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost like a, I think coaching can be uh, almost a a spiritual out of body type of experience, and and you know you, you may not get that in every session, but there's there's some that you will, and when you hit that, you'll you'll just realize you know how amazing that, that coaching can be. Yeah, absolutely. And as a coach, you know, there's nothing better than like on the third session when your client shows up and you're like, oh, how are you today? And they're like, I'm great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is working. Right. Cool. Or or they say, you know what, whatever happened in the last session, it, it changed my perspective and blah, blah, blah. And now now this has happened or all of this has happened because of that session. Um, when you get something like that, you feel so just just meaningful, you know. Totally. totally. Um, all right, guys. So if you're looking for a coach, uh, think about what traits matter to you. Um, think about some of these. If you are a coach, think about um, if you are executing these things or if you are, you know, um, growing these traits in you. And uh, what else, Noel? We have Awake. You want to talk about Awake coming up? Yeah, well, we have we have a lot of things. Awake is our own retreat in Los Angeles. It is free. It's open to the public. Um, if you want to come by and meet John and I, you can find it uh, through our website. It's July 23rd in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, if you're looking for a coach, you should consider the coaches that John and I train. Uh, we handpick and train our very own army of coaches. And if you're not sure who you want to work with, we actually have a dedicated trained clinical therapist that will interview you and work with you and pair you with the perfect coach for whatever you're going through. Yeah. And we're um, north of like 115 now, 120. North of 115, 120. What are you talking about? The amount of coaches we have. <laughs> Okay, I was like, is that like a, a longitude, a latitude? I was just trying to be creative. <laughs> oh, it's the middle of your day, the end of mine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, and don't forget to subscribe. If you uh, enjoy this dialogue, uh, Noel and I will keep creating it. And uh, be well. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by SHIFT. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us, that's S-H-F-T dot U-S, for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.